Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Casey's out of town. This uh, Casey and Judy are actually relaxing. Like, how about that? That's, uh, we can all take note of that. Like, uh, how many of us are resting, you know? Like, that needs to be said. Like, we, li- we live in a society that's like, work, 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 bust your butt. And, like, no one ever tells us to sit before the Lord. Pick a day and sit before the Lord. Uh, yeah, I'll just say that. Um, yeah. Um, do I know everybody in here? Does everybody know who I am? Yeah? Give or take. I'm Pete. Morning. How was Thanksgiving? Daniel doesn't know me very well. I know, I know him, but he doesn't. Yeah, it's uh, just unrequited love. What, what's that? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was Thanksgiving? For real. This is uh, is good. I had two. Um, I don't need to eat for like a week, but um, yeah. What's that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. I I was tell I was telling Lissa uh, I was telling Lissa recently like some horror stories from Thanksgiving. Like I I won't go into. It. I drove a family member to uh uh yeah. Now, it's a long it's a long story, but it was like a really sketchy story. I was like 18, like doing sketchy stuff with my family. But uh, uh yeah, um, there we go. That's that's who's uh yeah your worship leader. Here we go. Yeah. So guys, like uh, right there. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, see this up here? Did everybody get a, a little sticker, like a gift tag? The reason we gave that to you guys is we're doing a series, uh, Be the Gift. Um, and I know that kind of sounds like an ideological platitude, like, be the gift, you know, like uh, something you, a mantra you tell yourself. But we want, like, what I, what I actually want us to get our brains around is, like, we were given a gift that we might give it. Like, um... Like, I, I think a lot of us in here, myself included, we kind of approach, like, um, we question who we are as far as who God made us to be, and we argue with, we, we argue, like, I, I was confessing this morning a lot about my pride and how pride doesn't just look like you inflate yourself. Pride also makes yourself less than who God says that you are. Um, like, humility is agreeing with who God says that you are. That's, uh, like, being humble isn't saying, like, oh, I'm not worthy. It's saying, I am who God says that I am. It's, it's being in touch with who God says that you are. And I want to tell everybody in here that you are a gift, that you are placed here by God for a specific purpose. Me too. I need to hear that too, you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, take out your stickers if you want to be corny. It's like, you know, remind yourself. We've also got it, it like towards the end of the service, we've got these little bracelets that are it's just a reminder to be the gift. It's remind yourself that we are actually given we were given gifts that we might be given as a gift. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I believe wholeheartedly not that New City is the gift, but the people of New City is a gift here to this region. Like, we're so, if, we're, if, we, if we call ourselves a church, and we do, then how are we impacting the people around us? How are we being that gift? I just, this, this is kind of the preface of what I'm going to dig into today, and uh, Paul wrote about this in Ephesians. Uh, I'll get to that in a second, but... Um, so, like, the whole, the, the, the concept of the series, we just, my heart is that we would, we would kind of get our heads and our hearts around the fact that we are to be given. That it's, uh, uh, like, the, the, the church, our, 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 one of our catchphrases is, is uh, <laughs> inspiring others to trust in and leave, live like Jesus. That's what the theme of New City is. That's our mission statements. Inspiring others to trust in and live like Jesus. But this series is simply, we want to inspire 
inspire each other to live like Jesus. Now, we could say that all day, you know, like, but do we actually want to live like Jesus? Do we know what that means, and do we want to do that? That's, that's, uh, that's a sacrificial kind of loving existence. I, I'm going to try not to get heavy the whole time, because I know, like, like, in my heart, when I think of, like, I'm, like I want to live like Jesus, that means I'm going to have to die to so much more. Like, it, we are going to have to die to so much more. If that's who we say that we are, then there's, there's going to come a point when our lips have to match our actions or the other way around. I, I know this from experience in my home. I can say that I love my wife all day long, but if I don't live that, what is that actually proving? We can say we love Jesus all day long, and if we don't live that, it's the same thing. The reason marriage exists is only to point to our relationship with our king. So, be the gift. Um, I want us to get our heads around the fact that we already have the gift that's been given to us. I can hear like the, I can, I can feel the souls bucking in here right now. You already have it. That's not like, that's not just the blanket statement. Oh, you have Jesus. Like that is true. But I think we, we just gloss over so much stuff as a church. As a, as, a, as a church society, we just like, we hear these things and we've heard it so many times it's become mundane. Like in the Psalms, it talks about how the Israelites, when they forgot the miracles of God, when they made less of the things of God, then they fell into rebellion and sin. So, I, and I'm not here to bring a hammer. I just want us to say, like, think about what we confess. Think about what we profess. It's important to understand that you already have the gift that God wants to give the world. That's why the gift tag is here. That's, that's to remind us. And so, like, when we give gifts uh, during Christmas time, especially it's like we give these things wrapped up with a bow or, like, you know, wrapping paper. That's typically how you see them. Um, when we hear that we're the gift, we, we think immediately, well, my my wrapping is busted, or my bow isn't on, right? Well, I mean, it's like, that's like, like, so during the holiday season, how many of us, like, put on our best face so that the family would see that we're doing great? You know, how you doing? Awesome! And inside, it's like, I'm not sure who I am right now. You know, like, like um, I kind of had an encounter like that on, on, on Thursday at Thanksgiving. It was like, I didn't want to walk into the meal because I was like, I have all these questions about, it's a whole other story for a whole other time. But it's like, I didn't want to walk in and be like, hey, how are we doing? I love you guys so much. And put on this fake freaking smile. We do that at church too. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, brother. Amen. God is good all the time. You know, like, I don't make light of those things. But it's the truth. We lie all the time. I do. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be honest before the Lord, but especially with the people that I love. I, I, I got to be careful. I'll, I'll, I'll ramble. But um, so back to the gift, the, the wrapping and, and the exterior of the gift. We know that what's valuable isn't the paper and the wrapping and the bow. We know that that's not what we want. When we get a gift, it's, we don't want the wrapping. We know the inside is what's valuable. Why do we treat ourselves differently? The gift is already there. The gift is never the wrapping paper or the bow. The gift is always on the inside. The gift is within you. 
Let's pray real quickly. Jesus, I pray, I ask that, God, you remove me from this moment, you remove us from this moment, and let your will reign supreme in this place. God, I ask that your word permeates like it says, permeates muscle and, 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 and tissue, marrow and bone, God. God, I pray that you divide our, our heart and our mind and our soul and our spirit so that you would speak to each one of those individually right now. And that it would all agree, it, there would be no uh, dissonance within us. You are our unifier, God. You said that you came to make all things find unity in you, to be reconciled unto you, the shalom of God. And we declare that in this place this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so, um, yeah, let's, uh, you got your Bibles or your Bible app. We'll be in, I'm going to start off in Ephesians 1. Uh, 1 verses uh, 11 through 14. Uh, um, you guys, I'm, I'm sure, are probably fairly familiar with Ephesians. But for those of you who, who aren't, Ephesians was written to the church in Ephesus. It was this burgeoning, um, fairly young church, but they were they're this lively, uh, they were known for their love. They were known th- for their works of service, their generosity. Um, kind of how the modern church functions in a lot of senses, like what the big push is for the modern church. I don't hear that the wrong way because I have a lot <laughs> that needs to be, yeah, um, I, I have a lot of arguments with the way that we do church, but the heart is the same. We're, we're after going after people, you know. That's, that's what the, 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 the church in Ephesus was known for that. And so this, this letter, Ephesians, is written to the leaders of that church. Um, some people would say it was written to the pastors, but we're all pastors. Like this, uh, I need to say first and foremost that this does not make anyone any different than anyone sitting in a chair. as a church culture, we grew up with the person in the pulpit is like someone with more knowledge. That may be. But that doesn't, God is the giver of knowledge. It's not man. So God doesn't give, it's not like he's, he's raised someone, like there are, there are leaders, yeah, but we are all given the same gift. Like there needs to be, a, the, the, the veil was torn. When Jesus, when Jesus died, I'm going to tangent here for a second, the veil was torn in two and what that veil represented was a separation between the, between the world and the sacred. That veil was torn and his spirit was unleashed. That means there is no more separation. There is no more hierarchy. And we were born into this hierarchy system within the church. And I want to see it ripped down. So that we could grow. We would mature and become the people that Jesus called us to be. Not, not, not looking to, to people to, to place them in Jesus' place. I grew up Catholic and that's very much how we approach things. The priest is the mediator. And you couldn't get forgiveness, you couldn't get permission or anything like that without going through the mediator. And it's the same way we try, not, we try to mask it, but it's very much the same culture that we've established within the Protestant church. Sorry. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 1. Let's, uh, let's read that real quickly. Okay, it says, We have also received an inheritance in him. I'm going to come back through this. I, I got a little bit of time. Uh, We've also received inheritance in him, predestined according to the purpose of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will, so that we who had already put our hope in the Messiah might bring praise to his glory. 
When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed in him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of the possession, possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Ephesians, I can gnaw on Ephesians every day for years. Um, let's go back through this. So I, I broke this down. Um, yeah, I broke it. I, I, I go through a process we call it eating the word. So it's like you, you, you read it through context. Like, I don't know, a lot of us, it, it's kind of foreign territory, how to, how to approach the word. So often we rely on somebody to feed it to us, and that's coming from someone else's point of view. That's not what God is saying to us all the time. Like, it doesn't make it not truth, but it, there's a difference between logos and rhema, the two Greek words. Rhema is a spoken and utterance of the word for a particular moment in a particular time. It's personalized. Logos is the word of God. It's Jesus. It is the Bible. There's also logos. That's the same word. Anyway, so what I like to do is I like to bust it up into the Greek or Hebrew, whatever translation that the original intent was written in. I like to know who it was written to, who it was written by, and why it was written. We addressed some of that already, but so let's go back to that. Uh, Verse 11, we have also received an inheritance in him. That word inheritance, I'm going to butcher all these, but it's clairu. Uh, uh, it, it means uh, to allot, to assign a privilege, to obtain an, an inheritance. So that's pretty uh, uh, blatant. We've also received an inheritance in him predestined according to the purpose. That word purpose, uh, prothesis, it means setting forth. And it's this language. So this is Paul uh, teaching Gentiles what it's like to live in a, in, a, in a life that echoes the temple. So he's, he's showing, um, he's trying to introduce people to the, re- the religious background that Jesus had, which was the Jewish culture, and we forget that sometimes as a church. Anyway, um, so what that, that word purpose, uh, prothesis, it's a setting forth, and it's indicative of, of the, the showbread. Um, in, in the temple, there was, there, was, uh, the, there was bread that was presented before God, and it was, it was, it was known as it was called exposed before God. That bread was exposed before God. And that's, that's an adjective that's used a lot in the New Testament to describe who we are. We are to, to come before him exposed in this, like, vulnerable state. We always, it's tough in this environment right here because we all, we all naturally come with our dukes up and everything's great all the time, you know, like, because isn't that what we're supposed to be? But God calls us to be exposed, not just before him, but before each other. It's honesty predestined according to the purpose, so that's a, a tangent, but the purpose of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will, so that we who ha- ar- had already put our hope, that, that line in, in another translation in the NASB, it's, it's the, uh, we who were the first to hope, and what that is talking about is he's saying we Jews. So like, and, and he's also saying, he's saying that we believed before anyone had evidence or before anything was confirmed. So he's saying, like, like we are the benefactors of having confirmation of our faith before we even stepped foot in it. So he was, like, he was just talking about the, the blessings that God lavished on, on himself and, and, the, and the people running with him. So that we who were the first to hope uh, in the Messiah might bring praise to his glory. When you heard of the message, that word message is logos, the word. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, another translation says the good news of your rescue, and when, when you believed in him, you were also sealed. That word sealed, uh, it's sphragizo, 
It means to stamp. It's like a, how you brand cattle. Like it, it marks something as a possession. So it's a, um, so when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed in him, you were also sealed. You were, you were given his signet marking. So it marked us as his possession with the promised Holy Spirit. And that word promised right there, epigalia, it means an announcement of a pledge or divine assurance of good. So it's like, it's talking about like a guarantee of possession. That's awesome. And then it says, uh, so that promise is indicative of a down payment, but then he says, he is the down payment, and that word there, down payment, is this Hebrew uh, origin word, uh, Arabon, Arabon. And that word, it's, it's also a pledge. So it says, you're also sealed with the pledge of the Holy Spirit. He is the pledge, but he changes the ling- linguistic background there, and he's, he's letting us know that it says Arabon is a pledge, a part of purchase money or property given in advance, a security from the rest. Man, that gets me, that, that makes my heart jump. For the redemption of the possession, sometimes that, that when I read that often, it, it gets kind of muddled sounding, but that word possession, it simply means acquisition. It's an exchange of things. He's buying us at a price. So let me go back and, and do that filter. We, we have also received an assigned privilege in him, predestined according to the setting forth as bread in the temple of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will so that we who had already put our hope, so that we who had hope in advance of other confirmation in the Messiah might bring praise to his glory when you heard the word, the gospel of truth, the good news of your rescue, and you, when you believed in him, you were also uh, stamped with a mark of security and preservation with the down payment, with the announcement of a pledge of the Holy Spirit. He is, he, is our, he is part of the purchase that is to come for the rest of our inheritance, for the redemption of his acquisition to the praise of his glory. And that kind of changes the whole picture of that passage. Like sometimes we'll just blow over this, this language and it's like, it's old language, you know? It may not make, contextually make sense to us. But when you just bust it down, like download the Blue Letter Bible on your phone and you have all the translation you'll ever need for the word. We're pastors. If somebody like me can regurgitate the intricacies of the gospel, surely you can too. But it helps, firstly, that I preach it to myself. If we don't know what we believe or why we believe it, we just do this. We just walk around doing this, and that's what church does sometimes. We just run our mouths, and we don't know why. Tradition, because mom and dad said so. It's how it's always been done. America, pick your poison. Is it because we love Jesus because we know who he is and we know that who he says that we are is truth? Okay. Um, so when we believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, when we believe that, Jesus identifies us as his own by giving us the Holy Spirit. He gives us a gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the first thing I want you to understand about this gift that is within you. Jesus gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit when you believe. And I, I think we, we let our theology and our, our denominational backgrounds influence what we see as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in every denomination. I want you guys to know that. 
that he's very much alive in this place. I pray that I, I pray that the Lord keeps pulling back the veil a little bit more from our eyes that we can see that it's not about our tradition, our, theolog- our theological approach. It's about the love of God and the, the fact that he lavishes gifts on us so that we might lavish them on other people by his spirit. It's not by might, not by power, it's by his spirit. Jesus gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit when you believe. Next thing we need to understand about the gift is why Jesus gives him to us. Of all the things that Jesus could have given us, why did he give us his very spirit? Paul answers uh, this question in the same verse. The spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us an inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. That's a different translation, but I love that. You know what guarantee means? I already said it. It's a formal promise or assurance. So I just, I, I wanted to present that to kind of establish the fact that the gift has been given. And that's, that's, that's at a very base level, but it is the most potent level that we need. Just the fact that he has sealed us with his spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And he personally gave some to be apostles. Personally gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some pastors or shepherds uh, and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with, with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. That's so much to comprehend right there. So I think I have a little bit of time to bust that up too. And he personally gave some to be apostles. So like apostles, prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers. In our discipleship language, we call this the apest. It's, it's the fivefold ministry. It's, it's the effective uh, exercise of the body of Christ on the earth. So it's some of us are apostolic in nature. We're kind of, um, we're doers. I've, I've, read, I've read a description of it. It's, they're bridge builders between culture, between, uh, it's, it's, it's pushing the gospel forward. Um, let's see, uh, apostles, prophets. Prophets are, are, are passionate about the truth of God being on the, on the front of everything. I mean, and that should, <laughs> that should be all of our passion. But prophets particularly uh, are, are, are passionate about it and, and, tend to, and tend to be vocal about it as well. Thank God. Um, Evangelists, they are the ones that go, they, they're passionate about loving people, so they go out and they want to see people come to know the Lord. I need to, I need, Jesus was fully gifted in all of these, so like to assume, to assume that we're lumped into one category in here is not true. We, we've been given all of these, but we're blessed with some more than others. So evangelists, I, I need to work on my evangelism gifting. I'll just say that. Um, Pastors or shepherds, they're concerned with the body of Christ. So it's like the church body is very important to the shepherds. They're typically 
in a pastoral role. Um, and teachers, also very pastoral in nature, but they're concerned about relaying the information of the gospel to people. So that's uh, quick for those of you who don't know about, uh, aren't familiar with APEST uh, or APEST language. The reason he gave, so he created us in certain lights. He created us with certain proclivities, certain uh, attributes. He, he created us like that so we would be given as gifts. He sa- it says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the work of the ministry. That, that word training, it's also, uh, in, in other translations, it's known as equipping the saints for ministry. Uh, and that word equipping, katartismos, uh, it means complete furnishing or perfecting. And I know we're never perfect until we meet Jesus. I understand that. But the reason that he has sent us out to each other and to the people outside of the church is so that we would be perfected. Like just because we aren't perfect doesn't mean we shouldn't be working toward that or allowing Jesus to work that in us. Equipping the saints in the work of ministry. That word saints, hagios, it means a most holy thing, sacred or consecrated. And there are only saints in this room. I grew up Catholic, and saints were seen as these people that were like God. Or like smaller gods, but not like us. Jesus says that we are a holy priesthood. His word says that. That word holy means set apart. We are consecrated. Consecrated just means something spoken and it comes to pass. He says that we are holy. That means that we are holy. We're a complete furnishing of a most holy thing. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that for you as well. And that word ministry, we've, we've stolen this language and it's become the societal, yeah, ministry, diaconia, it means the work of a servant. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep rolling with these. Uh, uh, to build up the body of Christ, that word body is soma, and that's body as a whole. So that is every part. There's not one part that, like, those of you that are, that are hunters and, and eat, eat your food, eat what you kill. <laughs> I hope that's the case in here. <laughs> eat your food. <laughs> like, uh, like that not one thing goes to waste, right? Like, that's, that's the concept. Not one thing goes to waste. That's the same with the body of Jesus. There's not one thing that is not put to perfect use of its intention. Build up the body of Christ until we reach unity. We can leave that right there. When there's division in our hearts, it is not of God. Build up the body of Christ and we, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. That's agreement. Ephesians chapter 1 I don't have that on the slides, but it says that Christ has set forth as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Now, how can we say that and then vie for division on the other side of our lips? Till we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man, doesn't have to be man, it's, that's like 
It's mature teleos. It's completeness of full age, perfect. So it's this language of perfection. It's the process of being perfected. Yes, we're not perfect, but we are being perfected. We can trust that, and we can't. I don't want to see us leaning on the fact that we're not perfect anymore. I want to agree with who God says that I am. He says that I'm made to be perfect. And I also, like, I don't want us to confuse, like, being the gift. Like, I know sometimes we feel like, like, oh, he thinks he's God's gift. You know, it's like, I want us to actually think that, but from, a, from a, a, an honest standpoint, people that think that they're God's gift actually don't think that. The reason they, they, have, they, they, they feel like they have to convince people of that. That means they don't believe it themselves. So that we, be, we become mature, completed at a full age, perfect, with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. We are measured in according, we're measured in comparison to Christ. And we compare ourselves with less than perfect beings. This is where we, we fall short because when we compare ourselves with holiness, it creates real humility in our lives. And it causes us to function from this thanksgiving posture. But we spend so much time comparing ourselves to other people, other broken people. And so that what, be, what that begets is more brokenness. It's the Messiah that sets the standard for the direction and extent of our growth, not us. And we compare ourselves to people, men and women, all the time. And we hold them in higher esteem than we hold our own selves. Jesus says you're holy. And you're a priest. There's so much more I'd like to cover, but I'm running out of time. I want us to believe the word of God. I want us to see him as a reality, like he's alive. I want us to see him like he's more than this, like he's more than a Sunday. And we're just biding our time until let's, let's, let's go get lunch, you know, or let's go hunker down from the storm. He is alive, and he loves you. And he says that you're clean and that you're perfect in his eyes, that you, that you are his, that you're his treasure, and that he's gifted you specifically to be given as a gift. And it says the, this word says that it's, it's done so that we might be unified, we're only unified when we believe the same thing. And that's that we're good. Because he says so. I'll keep us here for a, lo- a lot longer. Let's, uh, let's pray. Jesus, I, just, I, I thank you. I thank you for these men and women around me. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of these people. And you're doing it in my heart right now, Jesus. 
I just declare shame being hung up on a cross right now. I declare worthlessness hung on a cross right now. I declare failure on a cross right now. I declare uh, sloth, laziness. I declare uh, addictions. I declare uh, uh, broken thought processes hung on a cross. Because that cross is empty. And your word says that we are seated with you. God, teach us to break outside of traditional thought and accept who you say that we are so that we might we might declare that to the world. And we won't hide in a church house. Let this be a place of celebration, mourning, where we come and we, we hold each other up, God, so that we're, we're, we're positioned in a manner that we might be fired back into the world with such force that it will create an explosion of grace, an explosion of truth. You came full of grace and truth. Make us full of the same. Let us, as we leave, God, let it be a concussive force that blows these doors open, much like when the temple veil was torn in two, just like the concussive force of the Spirit that rumbled the ground, that caused an earthquake. We praise you, Father, for calling us sons and daughters. We praise you for your goodness. Teach us to function from sonship and daughtership, not toward it, God. Have our glory and praise. It's all yours, Jesus. Our lives are yours, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.